This is exactly right. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We're here at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so, you know, for the next hour or so, I hope you can just be quiet and control yourself and listen, maybe learn, maybe you'll be enriched, maybe not. Maybe you'll be enraged. I don't know. Uh, I'm reading there's a lot of road rage on the roads these days. Uh, that's something to be aware of. Uh, I know my audience is you know, the sort of people that, you know, have a short fuse. So if you're out there driving, uh, try to take a, some deep breaths while doing so. We don't need any more violence on the road. And uh, let's get into the podcast. What am I talking about here? What am I doing? This is why I need to just, I need, I, if I spent four seconds before the podcast to think about what I want to say, this would be so easy for all of us. But here we are. Let's talk to the guest. I'm thrilled about today's guest. Who wouldn't be? It's Tony Hale. Tony, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you for having me. You're doing such a service for your listeners and putting them in the real meditative space. <laughs> it's the least I can do. Oh my gosh, that's so kind of you. Uh, th- thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. Occasionally, <laughs> someone recognizes the work I'm putting in. Yeah, good. And, you know, and also a service for America's drivers. It really is. It really is. I mean, I just love that you acknowledge road rage and we've all experienced it. And we need that voice just to say, hey, let's count to 10. Count to 10. Do you, how are you as a driver? Do you feel like you, uh, you know, get angry or are you fairly placid on the road? What if I was just a douchebag and I was like, I never get angry on the road. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, in, such a, I'm in such a serene space all the time. Um, no, I do get mad. Um, I, 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 but I'm also very hypocritical because if somebody is in front of me and is on their phone and doesn't go at the light. I'm like, oh, but then I'm the guy that's on my, I'm, you know, looking at something and I miss the light. You know? So it's, I'm always, a, I'm very hypocritical about it. Of course. I feel like I'm the same way. I was trying to get to the bottom of why road rage works or why it happens to so many people recently. And is, it, is there some sort of, do you think some sort of adrenaline happening because mm. we're behind this giant weapon and so our brains are just kind of, low-level adrenaline and we're ready to snap at any moment. Yeah. I think there's also kind of a free control or a free thing where you don't know the people. So maybe it's a way to act out in anger to people that you wouldn't normally act out in every day. So it's like people that are really calm. And, but when you get in the car, it's like, this is my chance to like attack. <laughs> you know? But my daughter just got her driver's license. Oh my God. And- so I'm a little bit, uh, that's, I'm a little bit anxiety space about that. Have you had to do like her like hours or whatever? How does getting a driver's license even work at this point? Yeah, I mean, good question. Because when I was a kid, I, I feel like I took a test and then I was I was so stoked about getting 
my license and having that freedom. And now thankfully you have to, you have to go on these kind of three lessons with a driver and you have to do a certain number of hours. And then you also, of course, have to take a test. And, but I, my, my pitch to the world, just like you're giving meditation practices, <laughs> my pitch is that I don't think people should be able to drive until they're like 18. I think 16 is still pretty young. So 16 I'm, is I'm, a child. It's a child. <laughs> and so, um, so I'm a little bit, nervous about it, but you know, there's a lot of lessons that I'm trying to learn of, of releasing control. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, am still an absolute danger to everyone on the road. I've been driving for <laughs> decades. Well, not dec. Well, I guess decades at this point mm-hmm. and, uh, still I'm not qualified to be behind this <laughs> heavy of a piece of machinery. Uh, well, thank you for letting us know. <laughs> um, no, I, but my thing is, uh, I was talking to my wife about this, that to your point, We've I've had decades of experience. You've had decades of experience. So there you've you've I've learned this kind of different set of eyes where I notice the defense of driving and I notice that something's up. Like you just subconsciously are very aware of that. But you put a 16-year-old on the road, you know, they don't have the, that exercised muscle yet. And so right. I think that's because it's all about defensive driving. It's not necessarily, I mean, that's I think 80% of it. Yeah. I uh I'm definitely an offensive driver. I feel like I'm just uh probably making everyone furious and i'm sure <laughs> and how is that what how do you think that looks i think it's a lot of you know varying speeds uh mm. never quite knowing what speed i should be going uh mm. but spatially i never know where the car is uh in relation to my body uh so i'm not quite <laughs> sure if i'm in the lane ever uh i just uh, recently i think and maybe this is just a, a red flag for my mental state in general I completely, and I can't believe I've even been saying this. If my boyfriend listens to this, he's going to be so mad. Drove through a red light, completely oh, oblivious. Sure, that's scary. Yeah. Do you like all the new bells and whistles of cars that kind of help you in terms of spatial awareness? I do. Uh, I, my car, uh, let's say I got my newest car, I believe in 2018. So it has like backing up uh, sensors and all yeah, this sort of thing, which, which is I very love. good. Yeah. But I need I need a sensor everywhere on the car. Yeah. The front of the yeah. car is where I need it the most. You yeah. Know, I'll oh, drive yeah. up against those little cinder blocks that they'll put in parking lots. Yeah. I'm frequently in danger of running up against walls and cars in front of me. That's interesting you say that because I, you know how people you meet people in life and they just stand a little too close to you and you're like, wow, man, like let's let's have some proximity issues. But I feel like I'm that way with my car. Like I'll 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 be trailing a car and not, but not, I'm not intentionally. I just have this, I'm really close. Right. And you know, they're like, he's back, man. But I just, I'm not aware of it, you know? So you're a, you're a tailgater. I'm a tailgater. Okay. I'm a ta- I can't find intimacy in life. So I find it with my car. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the, see, that's the big difference between you and I is I am uh, about nine cars behind every car in front of me. And that probably speaks to how I operate in the world. Everyone's just at a constant distance. Uh, Even in your car, no one's getting right, close. Right, no one's getting close. And then, uh, you know, my boyfriend will be like, why can't you just pull up in the driveway? And I'll, I'll say, I did. And then I'll get out of the car and they'll be like four feet in front of me. Uh, so I need to get the little sensor on fr- the front yeah. of the car. Have you been in a car accident? Oh, I have. I was thinking sometimes they have those tennis balls you can hang from the ceiling. My so grandpa would come, do this. Yeah, and they, they know you know exactly where to stop. Right, and I think that's probably what I need because, I mean, obviously this is genetic. 
This is at, obviously at least going back <laughs> to my grandfather uh, yes. not being able to pull into the garage. And oh, the, I'm so glad we discovered this. <laughs> at last, last. <laughs> but I have been in a wreck. I was in a wreck in high. I was in a wreck in high school, and then I had a lot of fender bitters and nothing. I mean, there's actually other things that are much worse, but like that feeling when metal crunches against metal and you just, oh, it's everything rushes to your body. And you're just like, why? What did I just do? And you don't know what the next, you don't know what the personality is going to be that's coming out of the other car when you have to talk to them. It's just, it's a horrible place. Yeah. I was in a car accident in October of 2020. And for the first, I think for the first time in my life, I, I was rear-ended and it was horrifying. And then the guy was so nice. It was just, it was a very oh, that's good. Los Angeles interaction of both men just kind of apologizing to each other oh, for something nice. that was neither person's fault. Uh, I found out his middle name was Mallory, which I thought was an interesting uh, middle name. Oh, okay. Uh, such so a nice. sweet person. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just apology after apology. And then the insurance covered it. Uh, oh, should I have been more aggressive towards the insurance company? Probably. I probably could have gotten a free like trip to the physical therapist or something, and I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, good for you. You didn't abuse it. I didn't abuse it. Uh, I allowed them to abuse me. And yeah. <laughs> and was that? I'm just that made me think of like was Mallory growing pains? Was that the daughter oh, in growing pains? Oh, it might be. It hey, might was be. That, uh, Justine Bateman's character was that her character's she name? She may have been named Mallory. Yeah, That's okay. that feels right to me. Yeah. Uh, and maybe this guy was uh, given the middle name of Justine Bateman's character, uh, named after her. Yeah. You yeah. Know? What's your right. middle name? Russell. Russell. Is that a family name? It is. It is. And I think I want to say. It, <laughs> I, the fact that I'm even confused by this and I'm 51 years old is, I, I want to say I was, I don't really know who I was named after, but I think it might be my mom's brother who was, we've never really had much of a connection with. So, um, and I, we don't even know if he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. It was a, it was a complicated history. We don't know if he's alive right now, but he was, a, he, he had a lot of, he had a lot of, he kind of have a troubled past. And so I think that, I think I was named after him. Was he lost at sea? What? Uh, no, I think he was in prison for a little okay. bit. And, um, uh, but yeah, we just, I don't know. We, we don't hear a lot about Russell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Russell, if you're out there, uh, listening to this I don't podcast, think he is. I don't, I don't think he is. Don't count him out, Tony. We can change. We can find new podcasts. That is true. That is true. Uh, regardless of being lost at sea or uh, <laughs> trapped in the prison system. Uh, uh, middle names are so interesting to me. I feel like people need to go more wild with middle names. I mean, I think mm. Mallory is an excellent middle, you know, because it's kind of the secret you get to keep. Yeah. And uh, Mallory is such a great uh, middle name. And Wait, what's your full name? Because you have such an interesting name. It's Bridger name. Eric Weiniger. And Eric is... Oh, I, they went basic in the middle. Extremely basic. And also, yeah. not a, as far as I know, not a family name. I don't know where my parents plucked that out. Uh, I mean, it's very good for coffee orders and, uh, yeah. you know, oh, restaurant yeah. reservations. Uh, but uh, Eric, it, it sounds like a jock. I, well, you look. I, I see you as a jock, Bridget. <laughs> um, I first of all, I first I want to apologize probably for this last two years for you having Bridgerton on Netflix <laughs> and you, you having to deal with that influx of comments. So Shonda sent you here. 
did. She did. <laughs> to apologize. To apologize. <laughs> my my niece's name is Adele. And she said oh. probably for the past five years, she's so tired of people saying, Oh my gosh, do you I love Adele? Do you she's like, come on. This is <laughs> it's everything just turned once she got famous. Yeah, that's a rough spot to be in. Bridgerton weirdly has not, I think for if nothing else, it's just really normalized my name and it's people still struggle with Bridger. It's still, I say people come into any conversation ready to not understand what your name sounds like. Mm-hmm. So Regardless of uh, the situation, people are still like Badger, Richard, oh, uh, gosh. Badger, Budger. Uh, they refuse to, despite the fact that Bridget is a pretty common name. Bridger yeah. throws people for a loop. And what's the origin of that? There was a mountain man named Jim Bridger uh, who was kind of in the mountain west of the United States, I believe. And I could be wrong. And I've probably said it on this podcast before, but I believe he was like the first white person to discover the Great Salt Lake. And Mm. uh, also, I believe he thought it was part of the Pacific Ocean, which is actually kind of embarrassing for everybody. Uh, Just kind of a dumb discovery. So there's shame attached to your name. There's a lot of shame. I think that's where most of my shame springs from. Well, my uh, uncle's in prison and we've never met. So <laughs> and I don't Russ. even know if he's alive. So <laughs> Uncle Russ. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> Uncle Russ is sort of your Jim Bridger. Uh, but yeah, and th- my real trouble continues to be my last name, which is almost impossible to for anyone to pronounce. There are people close to my life who still say Winnegar. If Shonda is willing, and Shonda, I know you're out there, yeah, uh, like a Winegarville, uh that, what if she literally just sat right next to me and just got... <laughs> <laughs> like, and refused Bridger. to speak. <laughs> refused to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shonda, I'm ready to pitch Winegarville, Winegar City, just to get the pronunciation out there. Some sort of juicy soap. Uh, Tony, we're just talking about the pronunciation of my name. Who cares? How are you doing? I care. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm... Um... I have a weird rash on my arm. <laughs> Do you have any idea what's causing that? I don't, Bridger. Um, oh, a mysterious I, uh, rash. I it just kind of popped up, and um, I'm at you know every now and then I'm I used to have eczema. Okay, I used to <laughs> I used to have eczema as a kid, and I'm like, is it eczema? Is it something oh, I'm allergic no. to? Is it like a fungal infection? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. How so long has it been there? It's been here a couple days, and then today it went to a dry place. Oh, no. <laughs> so maybe, but that's not as bad because at least it's not hivey. Right. And so I don't know if it's something I ate. So if we could, you can, I'll bring Sean on if you bring a doctor on that we could. <laughs> My dermato- dermatologist is in the that room. That would be great. Which, I, by the way, I love nowadays. You can, you can do this over Zoom and you can just show them the rash. You How do you feel in. about that though? I feel like... I think I need a dermatologist to get hands on with me. I hear that. I do hear that because you definitely you they can they can really look at that mole or they can really get specific. Yeah, I, I hear that. Right. So, so how long has this been on your arm? Four days. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm going to diagnose it. This is a say, WebMD. Well, me, I don't know if you can see it. Do you see it? It is a little pink there, and that's over Zoom. So, and it's that's about. A- Seven but inches it's also, long. It's also on this <gasps> arm right Oh, stigmata. So I don't know if it's like a, a, a sweat thing because if I don't know if you've noticed, Bridget, but I've been working out a little bit. and um, <laughs> I was going to get around to that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so I don't know if it's like a sweat thing, but, you know, it'll work itself out. It'll work well, itself if it's out. on there for uh, more than five days, I want you to see a doctor. 
Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate I mean, that. adult onset eczema, once you kind of got away from it as a child, that's got to be upset. Yeah. Well, I was that kid that I had it all in my, I had asthma and eczema. Oh. And I was like, I would be like subconsciously scratching my legs and all this kind of stuff. And it would just, it was the worst. However, when I was in, and now listen to this, as I'm talking, Bridger, I'm having a realization of something that I could activate in terms of my diet. Because when I was a kid, I or in my 20s, I started to take out uh, as much dairy and kind of wheat products and my eczema calmed down. Okay. And maybe lately I've gotten into some more wheat or dairy that I shouldn't. So, I mean, let's let's talk about it. What have you been eating? Um, what if I was like a banana split? No. Um, <laughs> in between two beautiful pieces of bread. In between two hollow breads. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm sure I, I, I did have a McFlurry the other night, but I don't oh. think that was the cause of it, even though that is full dairy. Um, cause I had it, I had the rash before I had the McFlurry. Okay. I do love McFlurry. I don't know if you, if you've ever had a McFlurry. I haven't had a McFlurry since about 2004. Oh, Bridger. I don't know why. It's so delightful. It is so, I mean, I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, so I'm from the land of chain restaurants <laughs> and I really love a good chain restaurant dessert and I love a McFlurry. Well, look, I'm from Utah, which is also very chain oriented and also oh, very... Yeah ice cream, uh, dairy treat oriented. Ooh. But the McFlurry for me, I think I need more of a drinkable dairy treat, like a milkshake. Oh, oh like an In-N-Out shake. I'll do an In-N-Out shake. I need to, uh, yeah, I don't want to be spooning it into my mouth. Oh, you just like it through the straw. Right, almost. I, yeah. need, to, I need it as quickly and as easily as possible. So you don't like a, um, a Frosty from Wendy's? That's too I don't thick mind for you. a Frosty. Okay. Uh, but it's got to be the smallest one that they give you with the uh, kids' meal. You know, they have like the you one that's... so different than me. <laughs> that's just not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> wow, good for you. Well, you, I guess that you really don't like a blizzard. A blizzard is really too thick. A blizzard is, uh, you know, almost... Uh, I'm almost choking. I'm, <laughs> it feels like a danger to me physically. So, yeah, blizzard... Uh, I, I appreciate the general concept... And yeah. I love the idea of, you know, putting some things into the ice cream and whipping it up, some teenager doing that for me. Uh, yeah. But ultimately... Yeah. turning it upside down. Oh, the turning it upside down is exciting. Yes. Uh, a little stressful. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something negative about it. I was going to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you went with exciting. What do you put in your... What do you get in your McFlurry? Thank you for asking, Bridger. Mm -hmm. um, I really like... For my for my well for my McFlurry I like an M and M McFlurry okay. and for Dairy Queen uh, I like a Heath Bar Blizzard. Tony, what you're saying right now, <laughs> I am absolutely not on board with. Both of those things are hard to begin with, and you get them in a cold ice cream. They are you're going to chip a tooth. Well, let me tell you right. This is why you're so thin, Bridger, because you just don't you don't indulge in what I indulge in when it comes to desserts. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving yourself uh, like a hike through an Arctic uh, situation with your mouth. That uh, like, <sighs> love it. What are you talking about? You say hike through a mountain. I say a party, a celebration on the tongue. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like a milkshake? Do you ever drink a milkshake? Uh, I like In and Out. I like the the, the chocolate and the vanilla mixed. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, so I need you to- can go through whatever chain restaurant you like to, and I will find a dessert that I like. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, killer. That's like Cheesecake just, Factory. It's a catalog of a menu. It's like it's like it's like what's why I like cruise ships because it's just like a Cheesecake Factory on water. It's just constantly <laughs> just one buffet, huge portion after the next. I can't do it. I can't do it. I need everything to be as minimal as possible. Oh I need like God. three choices. <laughs> so I wish I was in that point. I wish I was in that viewpoint. Well, but it sounds like you're having a wonderful time. That What you're describing to me is just a, a tornado, an absolute tornado of anxiety and decision-making that I, I, I need somebody to have basically narrowed it down for me before I even get there. And I love that I'm throwing out this huge smorgasbord of everything I love. And then I'm like, and I don't know what these rashes are on my body. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of things I don't like, um, look, you agreed to be on this podcast a little while ago, and I was hmm. so happy. I was thinking, well, that's very nice. Of course, we love Tony Hale. It's going to be a fantastic time. How could anything possibly ever go wrong? There's no <laughs> chance that he would come on with controversial dessert takes, uh, you know, any situation that would make me uncomfortable. And so I just thought, we'll have a good time. We'll record an hour, two, three of audio and release it and everyone will walk away unharmed. Mm -hmm. So I was a little surprised. Uh, podcast is called I Said No Gifts. And earlier this morning, I was in your neighborhood and I thought, you know, I'll pass by your house on occasion, go through the trash on other occasions. And Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Are you my uncle, Russell? <laughs> Tony, it's me, Russ. God, you're younger than me. How is this possible? <laughs> I'm traveling through time. Um, uh, no, I was I was outside your house and, uh, you know, just kind of trying to mind my own business. And I rolled down the window and someone came out and handed me a bag. Oh, and yes. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This isn't my normal trip past Tony's house. This is different. Something's <laughs> different. There's something in the air. This is a Tuesday. This is the other day. <laughs> yes. And so I... Uh, you know, I thought, well, Tony will be on the podcast later today. Maybe I can get some answers then. Mm. So I drove home Perfect in an absolute... timing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. But life surprises us. It really does. You know, coincidence. You know, we never quite know what's happening. But, you know, I drove back home in an absolute rage. Uh, <laughs> screaming at uh, you, at other drivers got into the house, cooled down, had had a glass of water, went to lunch, chatted with some friends. They suggested, you know, confront Tony, uh, which I was planning to do anyway. So, okay. is this a gift for me? That is a gift for you. Oh, interesting. That is a, that is a gift for you. Have you opened it yet? I haven't. I have this bag here. Uh, oh, I'm excited. I'm happy to open it here on the podcast if that's what you'd like. I'd love to, because I'd love to share it with you while you see it. Okay, it's in the, and I will say this is a nicely wrapped bag. It's like a mm. little brown. It's not a grocery bag. It's kind no, of it's grocery, grocery adjacent, bag. but it's obviously a gift bag. 
I'd say it's a little bit, it's a trendy gift bag. Yes, it's like, a, it's just a nice brown bag with some blue tissue, which we'll pull out here. The blue yeah. tissue that I got at Target. Uh, I've recently been told I can't open the gift as close to the microphone as I've I done in that. the past. Our I audio engineer freaked out. Yeah. Uh, However, I think you should have an ASMR episode of all your gift giving op- opening. That's that might be nice. People might like that. We should uh, we should do a mega mix where we just yeah. get the crinkles from a hundred yeah. episodes. Yeah, because you're not going to get Target tissue paper from the others. You get it from right. Mine. Um, okay, let's. I'm going to pull this out. We'll get some tissue. I'm not looking at the gift yet. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. We're unwrapping. I like to just get it completely out before I even see the gift. I get it. I get it. Pure surprise value. (laughs) Wait. What? Okay. So this, what I've just opened. Yes. Is either a hat or a bowl. It's a bowl. Okay. (laughs) It's like a kind of a woven bowl. It's a rope bowl. A rope bowl. I made that for you. That, That can't possibly be true. No, I made that for you because they, well, the listeners can't say there's, you see, they said your favorite color is green. Yes. So I painted that rope. And then if you look on the tag, your initials oh, are you there. you actually made this for me. It has my initials <laughs> yes. on it. Yes. This is such a professional looking product. <laughs> I really enjoy making rope bowls. It's Since like a when? meditative practice for me. <laughs> what? I mean, this is, yeah. I, listener, first, I just want to tell you, this looks like it was made by a machine. And not in a bad <laughs> um, way. I'm a pretty emotionless person, so that makes sense. <laughs> this looks like it was created by an AI program designed <laughs> to kill. That tracks. <laughs> um, no, but it's like, it's first of all, uh, about a week ago, I was asked what my favorite color was. Uh, mm-hmm. No one was, uh, uh, with no context. So this was made within a week. This looks mm-hmm. to me like a product that would take me decades. And I'm not kidding, decades of work to do. No, this is, I really, okay, so I really love doing rope bowls. There's a a lady named Shauna who gave me a rope bowl. Okay, I was shooting the show I do now called um, Mysterious Benedict Society. I shot it last year in uh, Vancouver during the pandemic. And this lady named Shauna gave me a rope bowl and I started getting really fascinated with it. And so then I YouTubed and just spent a lot of time and then, Making rope balls became like my pandemic kind of meditative practice. Right. And I love giving them. And so I love to find out the color and then I love to paint it. I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a painter, but I love to, I think I love painting. Right. And then, uh, and then you, 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 there's a whole practice of making the bowl, almost like a little bit like pottery molding the bowl. And then I, I, I bought a letter press for leather (laughs) and just went to town and I love it. So, Okay, I have a, a number of questions. First of all, so this is entirely self-taught through YouTube. Is that right? And my friend Shauna, because she would, I would, I would, she would send me little videos of her making one, and then, uh, and then so I would study that, and then I would get on YouTube, and I would just kind of learn the technique, and I just really love it. I make purses too. Oh, you're I kidding! A, I made a purse for my. For my daughter went to um, like a Christmas formal. Was that a Christmas formal? Or some kind of, it was like a dance at her school. And so uh, I made a little rope ball, or not rope ball, but a rope purse. And then I uh, engraved a leather thing, her initials, and then the dance. It was really fun. This is incredible. Is it, 
Was it difficult to learn or did it just come naturally to you? It was difficult to learn, but once I got the knack of it, it's just like, I love it. I, it's taken over my dining room. My wife's not crazy about it. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's a like a, world there's market like a, in there. Yeah, it's like leather and leather embosser and paint and stuff. But um, it is just really, I put on these headphones that you're looking at right now. Right, and I listen to headphones. some music and then just go to town. So how long does like did this bowl take you to make? That took about, I'd say two. Well, not it's like one day you do the painting, you let that dry, and then you sew the rope, and then you emboss, you cut the leather, then you emboss it, and then you kind of let that, and then you you kind of sometimes you have to stay in the leather, but I like the natural leather against the green. So right, it looks that beautiful. Was, then I just kind of put a like a, a, a finish on that. And so you paint the rope when it's still unspooled? Yeah, so I so on my backyard. Now this is turning sad. Now it's, <laughs> now it's turning like crazy person. So I, I take the rope, I, I click it on one side and then I connect it to the chair. And then I just paint it like strung out. Right. And then my, you know, my daughter is inside with her friend just like, oh God, don't go outside. <laughs> don't go outside. Please don't go outside to see what my dad's doing. And then, yeah, so that's when I paint it. And then that dries. And then when it's, and then I get really excited because when it dries, like typically the next day, I get to pull it off the thing and then I kind of spool it a little bit. And then I bring it into the dining room, <laughs> into the workshop. And then, and that's where I sew it. And how long of a piece of rope did this take? I think that was probably like 50, 50 yards. Whoa. And then if you see, there's also on the other side, there's like a little logo. Do you see that? Yes, I was going to ask about this. It's like a, kind of a mysterious number combination. Yeah, that is based on a scripture number six, 24 through 26. And it's a blessing of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you and pick his, make his face shine upon you. So it's a blessing to you that God will oh, that's you know, so lovely. make his face shine on you. Yeah. It's kind of like the bottom of an in and out cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hopefully not as... Um, yeah, I don't even know what that scripture says. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not quite familiar with it either. Uh, hopefully, it's a good scripture. Uh, well, this is so wonderful. So, a hundred. This is essentially 150 feet of rope. That is, I would know. That's 50, 50. Oh, you're right. Sorry. No, you're right. 50 yards. yards. 50, 50, uh, 50 feet of rope. 50 feet of rope. Yes. Okay. Because, I was going to say yes, 150. Oh, yeah. would be extreme. <laughs> that would be extreme. Then you'd be like, okay, now he's lying. <laughs> I'm measuring take, your backyard I, in my head. I'm trying to figure out how much room you're working with. Yeah, because I have a square ruler and then I'll take rope that I get and then I'll wrap it and get 50 uh, feet and then cut it. And that that kind of makes about that size bowl. Now, if I want to do like a, a big rope kind of hamper, which I'm working <laughs> on now, <laughs> then I have to kind of get, <laughs> then I have to get a lot obviously a lot more rope. And my wife last night, because she wanted to see if I could do a hamper. And so it was, it's kind of a disaster and it's not working out, but she, she says, well, I don't think that's the size. And I'm like, just let me, please. I'm trying to, I'm in a test ground, please. So, so. like for a hamper, for example, are you using like a mold or are you just, I, I can't even, as someone who, and as I've said before, is so horrible spatially, I don't even mm. understand how you begin to visualize how this should work. Well, you, uh, okay, so if it's a hamper, you kind of think about what the base of a hamper you want it to be. So if you look at the bottom of that bowl, the area right. that's flat, that would be probably the base of the hamper. And then you would begin to turn it to where it would do that. So like that, that small circle, when I started to turn it, 
I always gauge, do I want it like a V bowl or do I want it kind of a straight up like the bowl? And I wanted that to be a little more of a V. It kind of looks like a bucket hat. <laughs> so it could easily become a bucket hat. It could hat. be an easy bu- bucket hat. Uh, you know, not the most attractive bucket hat, but it could be that bucket <laughs> no hat. No bucket hat has ever been attractive. No bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, but the base kind of determines it. Okay. And so where are you in the process with the hamper? I wonder if I have, well, I guess your listeners can't see it, but I have a picture of it. It's It's not great. It's not great. It's like, because you, it's right now, I just keep going and it's not turning. So it's just like, now I'm just getting this huge circle. However, (laughs) I mean, this is, however, what I learned, I, this is how you kind of learn things from mistakes. I started to make a hamper a year ago and it was just a disaster. And then I was like, what am I going to do with this large circle of, you know, sewn rope? And that's when I formed that into like a purse. And so out of confusion came another (laughs) thing that I can make. <laughs> a hamper becomes a purse. And actually, even though your listeners can't see this, maybe we could describe this. I'll show you a picture of what a purse looks like. Yeah, let's um, see. I'm very curious about your purse-making skills. So like this is like a purse. Oh, that's a great little clutch. Yeah, it's, it's a like clutch. A, kind of like a almost clamshell clutch. Yes. And, and does that have a is... handle at the top? It has a, a leather hand, that leather handle <laughs> that you wild. kind of... <laughs> That 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 you would I would you know buy a monogram or something with like a magnet, right? And then this is like a little another little black. Oh, that's so stylish! Clutch purse, and I'll show you. Um, and uh, uh, anyways, and then I, I don't know if I have a picture of the one I gave my daughter, but that was like a little version of that. So that came out of this confusion of what to do with this big circle thing that was supposed to be a hamper. <laughs> I love that you're just constantly the the real north star for you is a hamper, and you're just headed towards yeah. hampers. So I'm really curious what's going to come from this disaster hamper that I'm working on. Now, something else. Yeah. Are you, uh, outside of your wife's request for a hamper, taking other requests? Or is it more of a, oh, I'll try that and give it to somebody sort of situation? I just love it. It's like, it's also like, if, if somebody, there was this kind of uh, thing like this Habitat for Humanity thing and they were like an auction item, then I'll do a, a bowl for that. And then, so it's just fun. I never want to, the whole idea of like for money, that's just, that kind of takes the joy out of it because it's, right. it's just not fun. So, but it's really, I love, love, love giving them as gifts and all that kind of stuff. Have you had any bad reactions? Has anyone freaked um, out? Well, I've ha- I have. <laughs> I remember I gave it to, uh, I was working on this job and I, and I gave it to the another actor and then their friend just kept wearing it on their head. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, ah, oh, it's a hat, it's a hat. And I was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> It's not a hat. It's a ball. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's rude behavior. That person's rude. Um, no, but it was. But I get it. It does look like a hat. Here, I'll show you one of my favorite. We can describe this. Could um, you make a hat? You know what? I could. Um, I guess I could. I, the rim, mm-hmm. like the rim of the hat, would be tough, right? And I think you have to find a a, a real kind of um, that rope is pretty strong rope that you have. So it kind of keeps its shape. Right. But I think you'd have like a paracord would probably be be like a better hat because it's a little more flexible. Yeah. Paracord is kind of, you know, those, you know, as kids, we'd make those camp bracelets that kind of had the, they were kind of woven and braided and stuff. That's like a paracord. So it's a little, it has a little more flex to it. So I think that could maybe be a hat. Where are you getting this rope? Is there like a rope depot or is it... uh... Uh, I get Walmart has good rope that I go to a lot. (laughs) And then I go on Amazon and order rope. 
Wow. And and then when I, uh, you know, I get really excited when I find out, because I do like to paint the rope. I think that's fun. But if, right. if somebody wants like a purse that's a, like there's this friend of mine whose daughter wanted a pink purse. And so I got a pink pair of, pink paracord and and making me a pink purse for that. (laughs) This is amazing. Have you ever been handy like this or is this the first? No, not at all. Not at all. And I have to be honest, I've always wanted a hobby because anytime somebody said, you know, oh, my hobby is this or I collect this. And I was just like, I never, I just never could find it. You know, I just never, and I always was like, I was, and I always wanted to paint. I always wanted you know, like Nick Offerman, just like a wood guy, and he right. makes it. And I was just like, God, that's gotta be so. And then I found this, and I just, it's like, I love it. I really love it. It's what were you doing with your time before that? A lot of YouTube, um, uh, a lot of um, what would I? I would. It's funny. I always go back to YouTube because I would, I would go on YouTube and be watching like two hours of compilation videos of like The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> what? Of like, but I never wanted to see people rejected. I only wanted to see the people winning, winning or the they were chosen. They would always have these compilation videos of the blind auditions, you know, where you can't see them and they turn their chairs around. Right. And but I never wanted to see if anybody, none of the chairs turned around. That was just too much to watch. <laughs> but I just liked scene after scene after scene after scene of just those tur- those chairs turning and everybody getting excited. That was fun to watch. <laughs> I have a hard time with uh, rejection on reality shows as well. Oh my you know, gosh. like the, I remember a point. I mean, I did have strep throat at the time, so I was already uh, weak uh, physically and emotionally. But I, 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 Shark Tank made me cry because I was like, they are being too mean to this person. This person's just trying. You also have to admit. I mean, you're in the you're you're in the business, and you know, like we're very kind of used to you know, pitching or putting yourself out there and just kind of, and you kind of exercise that muscle. And after a while, you're just like, you know, another fail, another, mm-hmm. you know, failure or rejection. You get, but these people are putting their life savings and things right. and then they're just getting rejected in front of national, you know, in front of a national audience. It's just like, oh, and even those kids that would come on American Idol and they Brutal. had never seen the spotlight and they're talented, but not as talented as they need to be. And then they're just like rejected in it's front of millions of people. So it, it feels like it. <laughs> it really does. I think it's a uh, it's unfair, and as someone who can't even sing "Happy Birthday," it really breaks my heart. Now, do you like reality shows? I do. I like. Uh, I've recently gotten to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but largely because I'm from Salt Lake City, so that was just appealing. Uh, so, are you, at, were you raised Mormon? I was. My parents are still practicing Mormons. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then I was obviously just curious as to what these Salt Lake City housewives would be up to. And yeah, I'm, is there a Mormon through through line or not really? One of them's no. like two, maybe two of them are ex Mormons. Uh, okay, that's about as close to Mormonism as the show gets. Do you go back to Salt? Do you go back to Salt Lake a lot? Yeah, I try to get back a couple times a year. Um, it's so beautiful. It's. Have you spent much time there? Just for like um, visits and stuff like that, but not much. Right. The mountains are beautiful. It's uh, There are a lot of beautiful things about Utah. There are some more mm. difficult things for me personally, but... Uh, sure, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, I love a lot of people there, and I love those housewives. I mean, they're and maniacs. so are they as energetic and um, colorful and full of life as we'd say like the New York housewives or the Beverly Hills housewives? In a housewives? different way. In a lot of ways, much lower rent. I mean, bless all of their hearts, but they're not quite like, you know, these Beverly Hills housewives have so much money. A lot of them are truly super wealthy, 
Yeah. Uh, our Salt Lake City Housewives, it's a little more all over the map. Uh, sometimes it feels a little more scraping by to feel glamorous. Uh, sometimes like the party mm-hmm. is like happening in a strip mall. Sure, sure. But there, there is something to me very sad of watching the Beverly Hills with that much, that much resources and still so sad. And I mean, granted, obviously that's not the equation for happiness or any kind of fulfillment. But when you see the excess and then you also see that added with the trauma. And when I say colorful, it's just that sense of like their life is so just full of just unbelievable trauma that's to me sometimes untreated. Oh, you know, a lot of this. And and then they're putting it on national scale. It's just like, come on, man, just don't do this. Put the money in a therapist, you know, get you to do that. Please spend a a little, but uh, yeah, a lot of these uh, women are just. uh, off the leash. Uh, or maybe that's, they're just unhinged. They're yeah. Some unhinged women and being on reality TV is not, uh, probably not the solution. Oh, no. <laughs> but there is that core, which I think is, not to get on a bit of a soapbox, but I think there's something about everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be known. And in our society, people look at known as... How many Instagram followers do I have? How much attention do I have? How many people looking at me and finding out about me? That's that's going to fill that void of being known. But the fact is, you know, if you're loved by people who you know, and that's all the known you need. Yes. And yet we still haven't. And me as a person, you know, who's in the public eye or whatever, but that's. I think it's. I have more of awareness of that because it doesn't fill that void. It Absolutely doesn't not at all. No, I mean, if only if anything, it only makes the problem feel bigger. Yeah, it puts a microscope on your trauma. Right. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like to be on a television show where I'm uh, being kind of just encouraged to fight with six other women at all times. Like, it's... Yeah, and then they just throw liquor in the mix. Yeah, oh, a lot of drunk behavior. (laughs) Off the leash is a perfect way to say it. Just like completely let go. Uh, All that said, I love them. We love them. We love <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever's happening. It's a strange combination of pro wrestling and uh, daytime TV and soap operas, and it's a it, an interesting world that I've I've getting a peek into finally. You know, I had put it off for a long time, and I can't look away. I, I don't know if that's good or I bad. Know. I know. Is it, have you seen the other ones, and you have the same experience or no? Um, I watched a little bit of the Orange County uh, mm-hmm. Housewives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more boring. I was a little bored. And I've yeah. seen some Jersey, which is very colorful. Uh, you know, yes. that's a, some true color happening there. Uh, and I think those are the three that I've kind of dipped my toe into. Do you yeah. watch much reality TV? Um, my, I, I've seen those, some of those. But I, I will say it does, I get to a place where it does make me angry. Like it's, it's, and like, this isn't, um, I mean, in general, it's probably not adding to our lives, but it's when I find my just getting pissed, you know, it's like, I don't know that. So I stopped doing that, but, um, reality, I like a comp, I don't mind a competition reality Such as? Such as I really enjoy, I used to really enjoy Top Chef. Oh, I, I feel like I would love Top Chef. Yeah. I really enjoyed, well, you don't eat. So that's going to be a problem. (laughs) I eat a lot of food just because I'm not. Throwing a McFlurry down once a week. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I like those competition shows. And then, I, do, I mean, I really do. Um, 
my guest judged on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, fantastic. About two or was it two or three years ago, Clea Duvall and I did. And I loved it. And ever since then, I got really, we would, I kept watching, really got hooked to it. And I just, uh, I love, I think it's so fun. It's such a fun watch. And a feel good watch. It's a feel good watch. And it used, and you hear their stories. And, and also, uh, my wife is a, is a makeup artist. And just the way that they, the artistry on the face of how their face just, I mean, I've known makeup obviously changes faces and that's what, but like the contouring and all that kind of stuff, you just see this face completely change is, and obviously lighting and stuff like that, but it's wild. It's wild. So I do enjoy that. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, it's kind of the rope weaving of faces. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it really is artistry. I mean, it's like, that's, and I don't know, it's, I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, those are some good reality shows. I watch a decent amount of Survivor. Uh, now, would you do Survivor? I don't think I would. I think I would absolutely crumble day day one. Uh, I would have a hard time. I mean, if I'm this much about a rash, then <laughs> then I think it's it would not be pretty. Yeah, I think about the sun exposure. I think about the <laughs> like we get into day seven and all we have to eat is like half a cup of rice. It's uh. It's a lot for me. And I you, I mean, I would have to do one of the ones where they're near an ocean. I've, I'm kind of on the record as I can't watch Survivor unless they have some sort of ocean water to bathe in. I can't look at people yeah. who are like bathing in a dirty pond. Oh, yeah. So, what about if, Amazing Race? Would you do Amazing Race? I think I would try Amazing Race. I would be bad at it. Yeah. I would probably do it for the free vacation aspect. It's mm, uh, a lot of stress though. The stress, uh, I couldn't do it with my boyfriend. It would probably be an immediate fight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would need to do it with somebody that uh, that I'm not in a relationship with, so that we have to be kind of polite to each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're filming it. They're filming your fights. <laughs> right. I mean, it's pretty much it would be the Real Housewives of Amazing Race for us. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I would love to give it a shot, uh, but I do feel like it would be I would fall on my face immediately, and it would be a huge embarrassment. And then I'm all over CBS, and people are making fun of me. But uh, oh, but you would be known. You would be known. <laughs> the desperate, clawing attempts to be known. <laughs> that void would be filled. At last. <laughs> um, well, I'm so thrilled about this bowl. I, I just can't even believe it. I mean, I still am mildly suspicious. I still don't 100% believe that you made it because okay. it's perfect. I understand. Well, that's very kind. I, this is another reason why I do love it. It's because when you paint the rope and you sew it, you never know how it's going to come out with those the the pattern. Right, right. And so as you paint it, you know you do kind of different sections, but then when you sew it, it always is a surprise how it comes out. That's incredible. I mean, is there any way to teach yourself? Like, is there someone in the world that's like they know where to paint the rope to get it in a certain place on the bowl? Oh yeah. Well, that's my next YouTube spiral. <laughs> is it? Really? That's what I'll be watching tonight. Because like you designs. Said that. Designs. What I, what I have found though is there's not a lot of there's like I'll follow some rope bowl people on Instagram, <laughs> but I but I don't I haven't met a lot of the rope bowl community of I almost want there I want there to be classes and a convention or something that I can tap into, but I have not found that. There so, has to be one. There's a convention for everything at this point. Yeah, I have a direct message <laughs> some. Rope over Instagram, just to ask where they got the rope from because I really liked their rope and they've given me some feedback. It seems like a community that's either probably very welcoming and warm or extremely snobby. 
I did get snobby, but I haven't gotten a lot of shared techniques. Mm. <laughs> People are protective. So, they're protective of their techniques, I feel like. so. Uh, but I do appreciate the YouTube tutorials that taught me the basics of a cross stitch and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But I haven't gotten any other techniques because I am hungry for some rope bowl techniques. So if any of your listeners know where to go, please tell me. Reach out to Tony. Get in touch with Tony. Uh, I feel like there's got to be a class for you. This is amazing. I love it. I really do love it. Thank you. Well, I feel like it's time to play a game. Oh, great. Yes. Do you want to play a game called Gift Master or Gift or a Curse? Gift or a Curse. I like Gift Master. It's, okay. it, sounds, it sounds happier. Uh, it's very exciting. It's a thrill. I need a number between one and 10 from you. I'm going to say five. Okay. I have to do some light calculating. I have to get the okay. game pieces. Uh you I can love do whatever everything. you want. I love everything what's happening right now. I love everything about this. <laughs> uh, you better. Uh, okay, good. You've got the mic. You can recommend. You can promote. You can you've, you can talk to the listener in whatever way you want. I'll I'll be right back. Please be respectful to the listener. Okay, great. Oh wow. Oh, I just should just talk. I'm dead serious about if anybody has any <laughs> feedback about a rope bowl community that I could tap into. I would really appreciate that information. I'm looking for classes. They could be community college classes. They could be a grandmother who lives in Michigan who's really good at it and just is eager to teach. Um, I don't need quilting. I don't need sewing. I don't need crochet. I need the specificities of rope pull making or anything else made with a rope. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you wanted me to just keep talking while you were doing something. That's oh, what you were. You sorry. did it perfectly. You had a okay, good, good. desperate cry for help. Uh, you're begging the audience for some sort of recommendation and I'm sure people are going to start reaching out and you're probably going to get more than you need. Great, love it. We love an abundance. We love when people just go too far. Um, Tony, this is how Giftmaster works. I'm going to name three potential gifts, things you can give away. And then I'm going to name three famous people, celebrities from around the world. You're going to mm -hmm. tell me which one you're going to give which gift and why. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Today, you'll be giving away the following gifts. Oh, I love everything about this. <laughs> have you heard of the love languages? I have, of course. What's your love language? Well, there's five. There's acts of service, gift giving, words, affection, and, and quality time. Right. And typically how you give love is how you like to receive love. I'm a words person. I like to encourage, and I, but I also really like gift giving. And so... When somebody that's, that means when somebody says when somebody says words or encouragement to me, I really appreciate because that's how I give love. So gift giving is one of them. Well, you're doing a terrific job right now. Anyway, go ahead. Please um, continue. <laughs> so we'll see how this all plays out for you, Tony. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. These are the gifts. Number one, this is it's a a little less conventional. This is a dump truck absolutely overflowing with rich soil. So that's. <laughs> a full dump truck of soil that can anything can be grown in, you know, just this rich earth. Um, number two is tweezers. So Should I write these down? If you need to. It's okay, only it's three things. So uh, for your records, number one, a dump <laughs> truck absolutely overflowing with rich soil. So that's yes, almost too much it. soil. Too uh, much soil. But I do like a cheesecake factory. Continue. <laughs> Uh, number two is tweezers. So that's a set of tweezers. Oh. Uh, they could be beautiful tweezers. They could be cheap tweezers. Uh, mm. Any type of tweezers you want to give away. Okay. And okay. number three is the ability to communicate with the dead. So that's oh my. more of okay. a... That's actually an excellent gift. I mean, I think anyone would put that on their Christmas wish list. 
Uh, that's something that we could all use. I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that gift. Keep continue. <laughs> Difference of, of opinion. This is, again, we're no back thanks. to the McFlurry. And reject. <laughs> um, okay, Tony, uh, Tony, these are the three people that will be receiving the gifts today. Number one, Meghan Markle. Okay. We, we all love Meghan Markle. She's yeah. making moves. She's marrying princes. She's on TV. She's doing it all. Mm. Number two, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. Oh my. We love okay. D. Snyder. God, uh, these are really great. Okay. We're not gonna take it. And number three is uh rapper Ludacris. Okay. Excellent group of people, I I'll say. Okay. Um <clears throat> I my immediate thought was I would give the dump truck of soil to Meghan Markle. Okay. Because I feel like speaking of what we discussed about being known that I don't I think that equation she's she's waking up even more to that's not the equation of being known about the amount of fame that she's received and having people in her life that you know really do see her but I say the soil because I'd like her to get into gardening. Oh. And use that as a meditative practice. But now I'm questioning, I think I'm going to give the ability to communicate with the dead from Meghan Markle because I think she might enjoy talking to people who have been in life and then oh. are now outside of the life because it's, she, it's, a, it's always a wake-up perspective of kind of the chaos that she's around. So it might bring perspective into her life. What a thoughtful gift. I would say the ability to communicate with dead with Meghan Markle. Um, okay, let me think a minute. Because I threw myself off because that was a last minute change. <laughs> so I have to think a minute. Okay. I'm going to say the tweezers, I immediately think of D. Snyder. That was an immediate thing because I'm a kid of the 80s. Right. And it was a lot of hair and a lot of, I mean, a lot, there's a lot going on. And I bet there's something very simple about tweezers when it comes to grooming and I bet he's in a very simple place. It might add to his collection. Right. The simplicity in his life. And the shape of a tweezer, I almost feel like you could make kind of a, if you shot that correctly with a camera, you could make a really cool metal album with a, a set of tweezers. I think they look kind of metal. Not, not the, you know, musically metal. Yeah. There's something underrated about tweezers as a hard yeah. rock device. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And I think he also without bring some inspiration into his life because he's probably wanting to be inspired to do different stuff. He's also a big, ironically, I remember in New York, he's a huge a voiceover artist. Really? He did a lot of he did a lot of voiceover, a lot of animation. Um, and so that doesn't relate to tweezers. But <laughs> but you're probably in the you know the recording booth. You know well, the stray hair. If he does animation, there might have been a talking tweezer. That I mean, who knows that that world is very broad. So it might you know he can actually he can make a talking tweet. That's it. If D. He Snyder can make a talking tweezer, and that would be his next gig for animation. Yeah. If he hasn't voiced a an animated tweezer, the time has never been better. It really hasn't. <laughs> and then finally, I would give the dump truck of soil to Ludacris because I think someone like, I think the music industry uh, that is very fast. And I think kind of having that soil to get into gardening, to get into the earth, to have a meditative space, I think that would actually be very kind of healing for the, the space of kind of music and the world that he's in. 
Yeah, I think, I think it can that's... get very loud and stuff. Yeah, right. And you know, I feel like he's kind of used to the flash and the glamour. Maybe yeah. something a little bit more earthy. Something he can just run his hands through the soil. Maybe grow an orchard. Yeah, and it's so um, as you you but you both you and I know this this business can be very obviously false. And like, you're just, it's all to your point of like just a lot of glitz, but like soil is like organic, obviously, and it's miraculous and it's, you know, you just never, I don't know, it's pure. So I think that would be a constant force of source of healing for him. And what a headline for Ludacris to become a farmer. To be a farmer. That's right. I feel like, I mean, a nice second chapter. Yeah. Beautifully played. I mean, so thoughtfully played. I, you know, I, I know there are all three of them are listening. And <laughs> thank you, uh, D. Ludacris and Megan. Enjoy your gifts, and oh, uh, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> I just want them so bad; their heads just to come into my screen and be like, <laughs> "I knew this was coming." <laughs> um, okay, this is the final segment of the podcast. It's called "I Said No Emails." People write into I Said No Gifts at Gmail dot com. Mm. I can't express enough how many problems my listeners have. The amount of problems and issues that these people need uh, hand dealing with, it's uh, indescribable. Hmm. Uh, Would you help me answer a question? Yes, I would. Okay, let me get into the doc here. We've got to get into the doc. Um, Okay, perfect. Here we go. Dear Bridger and guest, my mom's 60th birthday is approaching. As we are the type of family who asks people what they want for an occasion, then proceed to get them that thing for said occasion, I normally have no gifting conundrums. Well, Mm. now for her 60th birthday, my mom has asked everyone in the family to pitch in and get her a quantum healing hypnosis session. If you're not familiar, I'm not. uh, Let's see. This is where you reportedly pay someone to hypnotize you to regress and discover everything in your past life or lives that is causing you ailments in your current life and heal you of said ailments. Okay. Uh, As my mother has always, until very recently, appeared to be a perfectly rational person who is skeptical at best of all forms of medicine and healing, even modern Western medicine, and has never even so much as burned incense or smoked pot since the 70s, I can only assume this is a red flag. Uh... So please, I beg of your advice and wisdom. Do we spend our hard-earned dollars to humor her newfound birthday whimsy? Do we go rogue, ignore the request entirely, and come up with our own gift ideas? Do we tell her that she's going to quantum healing hypnosis and send her to a nice doctor instead? Is there an option D? Any feedback is appreciated, and uh, that's sincerely Jacqueline. Tony, this is a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going in this on. Situation. There's a lot going on. I'm. Have you heard of quantum? Mm-mm. Uh, healing hypnosis. Neither have I. This is new on mm-hmm. my radar. No, and I and he was saying, or she was saying that Jacqueline, right? Yes, Jacqueline. She was saying that it's a way that you communicate with the dead, and then they heal you of your current ailments. You apparently communicate with yourself in past lives. You oh, regress oh, 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 oh. into, for example, you uh, were King Louis at some I'm point. I'm mixing the two games. I yes. say communicate with the dead. I mean, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> these are two very similar things. I don't know. The coincidence here is maybe it's a sign. I mean, we can only say this is a sign from some sort of yeah. quantum hypnosis healer. Uh, but Jacqueline's mom, we don't know uh, how... It seems like some sort of snake oilsman, let's just say it, has yeah. entered Jacqueline's mom's life. 
I would say, here's my pitch for Jacqueline. I would say definitely um, do not deny her that gift. I would put a cap on it. I would say uh, we are getting you three or two sessions with this person. Because the thing is, if they don't do it, they're denying themselves a lot of good stories. (laughs) They're denying, because just think, but the mom's going to come back and be like, just, you know, I was, you know, Princess Ariel in a a past (laughs) life or something like that's, that's pretty fascinating. And I think her, I mean, I would guess her mom is in a space of like, she's just investigating, but I would, I would definitely um, do the do the. I would not send her to another doctor. That brings shame. Nobody no. needs any more shame in their closet. The other thing is giving another gift. No, because then you're going to have disappointment. I would fully honor that request. She's just going to ask for it again. She's going to ask it for a great, uh, definitely again. Or yeah. and yeah, I mean, you deny it, you're driving her into the arms of this quantum healer. She's oh, going to point. want it even more. Suddenly, I mean, good point. We only know where that's headed. She might end up married to a quantum healer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I mean, seriously, like that's a, that's a real story. I would question what, what they're afraid of. Well, they're probably, they think that mom's going to get some dirt from the past life about them. Oh, there you go. They're all afraid that uh, she's going to turn. So it's really about you, Jacqueline. It's always about the gift giver. It's never about the recipient. That is a good, that is a good thought though. Like what, Asking yourself, like, what are you afraid of if she does go to that? You know, like, what is the biggest fear of that? Maybe they're afraid she gets hooked. And there are worse things to get hooked on than going to someone who's, uh, it sounds like uh, letting her nap in his office and uh, then talking yeah. to her about his dreams. 100%. 100%. And uh, for all we know, we find out some great new things about Jacqueline Sr. And uh, the thing, the lives she's lived through. She's, you know, she could have been an animal. She could have been a rock. Uh, (laughs) There's no telling. That's right. Now, here's my thing. This is what I request is if you, if she does honor the request, I want to hear about these sessions. I want to hear (laughs) what this mom comes back with. So if there's a way to stay in correspondence with Jacqueline through your podcast, I'd like to hear the result. Jacqueline, give her the gift. Take (laughs) notes. Uh, If you can be in the session, even better. Right. Uh, I mean, it does seem like we're just playing into this quantum healer's hands and he, we're enriching him. But, you know, everybody's got to make a living. Everybody's got to make a living. And I want to I hear these past lives. I want, but it's not just that. I want to hear what these past lives are telling her that she needs healing from. Right. And then, you know, this also open, opens up a future gift-giving possibilities. If she ends up trapped in this man's clutches, they can get some, they can put, Next year's gift is like to uh, rescue this woman, mommy, yeah. back from the quantum healer. There's, yeah. uh, you know, down the road, uh, there's so many options. There's so many options. And I'll sweeten the pot a little bit. If Jacqueline's mom does go to this session and she does come back, she will receive a rope pull. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline, this, there's never monogram. been a better deal for you, Jacqueline. <laughs> if you don't send your mom to this, then there's definitely a problem with you and your poor mother. All she wanted was this 10 to 15 sessions with the quantum healer and you're denying it. Now that's a lot. I would break it down to like a five. I wonder I how much a quantum session sessions. costs. It's probably at least a hundred dollars. 
I would say, I would say more, but if I do get Jacqueline's favorite color, <laughs> then <laughs> there, there are rope bowls in the deal. If we can hear back from what her mom said, Jacqueline, I hope you're listening. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity for the whole family. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. This is going to end up being sort of tr- some kind of true crime documentary in five yeah. years. Ooh, Jacqueline writes into the podcast. Somebody gets That's killed, right. quantum healing, a rope, promise of a rope bowl. Uh, it's all too perfect. But That's true. Like the rope, the rope bowl was unraveled and that was the murder weapon. Like who knows what's <laughs> To be strangled happen. by a rope bowl. A painted rope bowl, Richard, by the way. <laughs> Tony, we've answered the question perfectly. Oh, good. Good, good. You're welcome, Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline, thank you for writing in, but uh, uh, you're you're welcome more so than thank you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and your mother is welcome as well. Hopefully, she can write in with a thank you. Yes. Tony, I'm so thrilled with this gift. I can't believe what a thoughtful, <laughs> lovely gift I've received from you. Now, and I have to wonder what I'm going to place in it. Oh, I will say, I, I should put a little note there. It's it's not for food. Uh, well, <laughs> I was going for, to... It's not for fruit after or this, anything. this, I was going to have cereal. Yeah, it's not, it's not for fruit or potatoes because there is it's acrylic paint. So <laughs> I don't want you to get paint on your food. But it might be a nice decorative bowl or you could put like pens in it or, or whatever you'd like. Right. Uh, I'll keep raw poultry away. Keep um, <laughs> any <laughs> sort of... <laughs> A food yeah, item. Definitely, definitely raw chicken. Would Just not fill this be the with a choice. McFlurry. That doesn't. So, no. Now you're talking. <laughs> Just my a life. giant bowl of cottage cheese sitting yes. in front of the oh. TV. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh my. <laughs> uh, I've just had a fantastic time with you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, and uh, listener, this is the end of the podcast. Uh, you know, now it's your turn to do what you want with the day. I appreciate how respectful you were this entire time. You know, of course, come see the bowl on Instagram. You have to see the bowl. It's a beautiful gift. And uh, now move on with your day. I want you to do something uh, productive. Try to be mildly productive today because I'm probably not going to be. Somebody's got to be producing in the world. And uh, now carry on. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Bradley. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? Now make sure to listen, follow, and most importantly, leave a heartfelt review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home. You gotta come to me empty-handed. I said no gifts. Your presence is presence enough, and I already had too much stuff. So how do you dare disobey me?
Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show!